Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Monday Buckeye Talk. We're late. Doug Lamarie's here. This was going to be a basketball podcast, sort of setting up Ohio State going into the Big Ten basketball tournament, wrapping up the regular season. And it's still going to be that, but it's just me. Stephen Means was going to be on this, had something come up. So we're getting this to you late Monday, and you're going to get my basketball takes. I'm also going to tell you about uh, the Price is Right show I went to see in Dayton on Sunday. But I'm going to run through some stuff. I have some research on Chris Holtman. I have some interesting reactions from our tech subscribers to the loss by Ohio State to Michigan on Sunday. As you guys now know, Ohio State, the sixth seed in the NCAA tournament, going to play Thursday night, like probably around 8.45 or 9 o'clock, against the winner of Penn State versus Minnesota. That um, 12-13 matchup. Ohio State 2-0 this year against both Penn State and Minnesota. So Ohio State should win that game, but maybe not much more than that. So I, you know, this was a time when a couple weeks ago, people were very excited about what Ohio State might do to, down the stretch. Now they're the sixth seed, Purdue's the three seed. They would get the late game uh, on Friday night against Purdue if they managed to beat the winner of Penn State, Minnesota on Thursday. So looking at a late game Friday, I and as Stephen always says, he doesn't want them winning much in the Big Ten tournament. Right now, Bracket Matrix has them as a six seed. That's the com- the compilation of all the different brackets out there. They're probably closer to a seven seed than a five seed right now. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports, who's one of the main guys who does it, has Ohio State as a seven seed right now. That He has them uh, playing in Indianapolis, I believe. Let me look here. Sometimes when you do research, well, I just make stuff up. It's better. Jerry Palm has him as a seven against 10 seed Notre Dame in Indianapolis, opposite number two, Kentucky. So that's Ohio State in Indy. If they win, they get number two, Kentucky. Joe Lunardi from ESPN has Ohio State has a six seed versus number 11, Memphis in Pittsburgh. And that's opposite Villanova. So again, this was a year I targeted this is this is should be a sweet 16 year for this team and now you're looking at a world where you're looking at an opponent like Villanova or Kentucky that Ohio State has to beat them to get to the sweet 16 because no longer are you looking at five maybe a four in a pretty winnable second round game now you're looking at 
six, uh, maybe a seven, and now all of a sudden you're going to play one of the ten best teams in the country in round two. And they've done this to themselves. And one of the big things that's happening right now, beyond the record, they're 19 and 10. And again, I have some numbers. Thad Mata compared to Chris Holtman. Holtman, you know, every time I talk about Chris Holtman, I'm going to talk about Thad Mata. I don't apologize for it. That's my reference point. That's a team that I covered. I think it's a touch point for a lot of you guys listening here too. But on their own, 19 and 10 this year, 12 and 8 in the Big Ten, and a multiple team tie for fourth. Is this a fun team to watch? Is this a team that you trust. And I don't think it is. And I think that is a very difficult thing for a fan base. When you watch a team and you don't trust them, Rutgers is also in a four-way tie for fourth place with Ohio State and Iowa. Rutgers has the same record, but Rutgers is the opposite side of this. Rutgers should not be a 12-8 and Big Ten team. They should be worse than that. So maybe they're inconsistent. They have some big wins against Purdue and teams like that this year. They're inconsistent, but their upside inconsistent. Ohio State has the win over Duke. Really good win, of course. Has the road win at Illinois. Really good win. But too often, this team is downside inconsistent. They're not the kind of team where you're not sure what you're going to get, and ooh, you're excited about what you might get. You're not sure what you're going to get, and you think, they're going to drop a loss on you, like this Michigan loss without Hunter Dickinson at, at home without Michigan's head coach. Michigan didn't have its coach, didn't have its best players playing on the road for their NCAA tournament lives, and they're the better team than Ohio State. The Nebraska loss, awful. couple awful losses down the stretch. It is really hard not to trust the team you love. And we got some multiple, multiple tech sub- subscribers saying things like this from the 512. Why do I waste my time watching this team? I lost count of the number of times opposing teams got wide open threes or allowed to cruise to the basket for dunks and layups. Play some defense. That is not a fun thing to say about your team. How about this? From the 515, question, why should I even watch this team? They are so up and down and more down than up. This is this is something that I think is really important. And I think it is, it's not as important as winning, but winning and being fun and fun to watch is not always the same thing. So if you're an upside underdog, if you have a uniquely skilled player who just blows your mind every time you see him, if you are a bunch of scrappy, connected dudes who are diving for loose balls and making crisp passes, there are multiple ways to really be a fun team to watch, to be enjoyable for fans. And guess what? Maybe you're still 12 and 8. I'm not I don't think this team is either. They're not winning as much as they should, and they are frustrating to watch. They don't move the ball on offense as much as a lot of other teams. They don't play connected defense. Malachi Branham is really good, and he's going to get better if he stays at Ohio State for year two. E.J. Liddell is really good, but they're not Greg Oden. They're not Evan Turner, National Player of the Year right now. They're not D'Angelo Russell, number two pick in the draft. They don't have a, I gotta go see this guy play. And Malachi Branham might get there, but he's not there yet, and if he would leave after this year and never quite get to that point, this is, this is on Chris Holtman because All Chris Holtman is supposed to care about is winning, and I get that. But there's something about your product. And are you putting out a product that people want to consume? And I'm not so sure that they are. Our guy Khaled, who also always has a good pulse on this kind of thing from the 858. At least that modest teams had a lot of excitement around them, especially in the early years. 
all the way until his seventh season. This team is just a Russian roulette game where you don't know what you get each night. Players are too lazy with the ball, never sharp mentally. Next year's slogan is getting old and tiring. Like, I can't argue against that. And that matters. From the 289, this I do think is interesting. Are we so blessed by football that it makes me hate this basketball team? I find them absolutely infuriating to watch. And if Steven was here, I, w- I wanted to have this conversation because he sent uh, a message to the tech subscribers after the game on Sunday, sort of with what, what Chris Holtman was talking about. And sometimes I don't love how Chris Holtman talks about this team either. But I, I understand the point that Steven was making. And he was making a comparison to the Michigan loss in basketball, the Michigan loss in football this year. This is what he wrote to the Texters. This post-game press conference sounds very familiar to how Ryan Day and the football team were talking after they lost to Michigan. Defensive problems, guys being tired, health problems, excuses, whether they were valid or not, and most importantly, a lack of toughness. Both teams basically got bullied around. I flat out asked Holtman, did he feel like Michigan was tougher than his team? His answer, quote, I'll let you guys answer that, but obviously we need to play a lot tougher. Tougher. This is Steven again. Interesting parallels between those two this year. I agree. I know what he's saying with the game. And I know he knows this too. That Michigan football team was one of the four best teams in the country. Michigan basketball is average. That Michigan football game was on the road in a little bit of tough weather. This was at home on senior day. So the idea that they got pushed around, Ohio State got pushed around by Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo and Hassan Haskins. Ohio State basketball got pushed around by a team that didn't have its big man, that didn't have its 18-point-a-game scorer, that didn't have its head coach, that was coached by Phil Martelli. Phil Martelli isn't around to bully anybody. So there's no excuse for that. And I think there's an intangible thing that, like, something is lacking here. And we're in year five of the Chris Holtman era. And where's the team you love? Where's the team you want to put your heart and soul into? Where's the team that fights? They Listen, they do it sometimes. But, man, to come out at the end of the year like this and do that on senior day and it's not a one-off, it follows up that awful Nebraska loss, there is something that gets attached to Chris Holtman here. I will give him this. From the 859, the big question, would Kyle Young make a difference? It appears they need to win a couple games next weekend. Kyle Young does make a difference. There was a point late in the game, and I went back and was charting like the last 15 minutes. Ohio State was up by two with 15 minutes to play and then just got smoked on multiple blown defensive assignments, uh, just not doing what they needed to do on offense. But there was a moment where the game was kind of in the balance and they got the ball inside to Joey Brunk. And listen, we all love the Joey Brunk story. Stories like that sort of run their course. And there's a reason Joey Brunk's not playing 25 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game uh, all year. With like just under two minutes left, Ohio State's down 64-59. And Ohio State uh, off an EJ Liddell um, pass, they get the ball inside to Joey Brunk and he gets blocked. He gets blocked by the health defense. And I think Kyle Young finishes that play. And if Ohio State finishes there, they cut the lead to three with three minutes left and maybe things go a little bit differently. But there are a lot of other things that they could control. Again, Michigan's mission, their best guy. I know Justice Suing. I know Seth Towns. I know Kyle Young. I know Zed Key had been out. He came back for this one. I don't want to be dismissive of the injuries because I do think they matter. But when Michigan comes out and Hunter Dickinson 
is scoring 18 points a game and is out with a stomach ailment, and they just have guys step up on the road with their season on the line. That's the coach, man. Like, you've got to get your guys to play better in that environment. And so, I sometimes I pull, I'm going to be honest here, I pull back on my Chris Holtman criticism sometimes on this podcast because I don't want to be unfair. And I'm cognizant of the fact that I think I maybe have been more critical of Chris Holtman at his time here than anybody in the media. But I feel like he's showing why I'm critical again and again and again. And I I can't ignore it anymore. And there's a comparison we're going to get to here in a second. Um, but first, from the 407. Losing to unranked teams at home when you are ranked, that's a far worse issue than losing to a ranked Michigan team in a blizzard on their field when you've beaten them 10 in a row. Maybe they're both soft, but basketball team has a chronic multi-year issue. The football team is to be determined. So that person also is, and again, I, I know Steven knows that. It's just that there's part of that comparison. It's like, okay, the basketball team would kill to be compared to the Ohio State football team. And that's not the expectation. We understand that. That is not the expectation. But at some point, the expectation has to be more than 12 and 8, man. And they have not been that. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to make a Chris Holtman comparison. We're going to come back, talk about a few other things here as I give my thoughts on Ohio State basketball. Next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Lee is back on Buckeye Talk. This is a killer comparison. Uh, I, it's because it's so good and because it, like, it hurts. Um, gosh, it's good. From the 317, Chris Holtman is a conundrum. As a Bengals fan, he's the Andy Dalton of basketball coaches. Good enough to keep around, but not going to win in the end. Time for Ohio State to go find their Joe Burrow. This simply isn't good enough, and I don't think it will get better next year with the loss of E.J. Liddell. So, Chris Holtman... (laughs) I've been sick for 10 days. I've had a cold for 10 days. I was in Disney World. I came back. I came down with this cold two days after I got back from Disney, and I've had it now... 10 days, and it's still here. And it makes me sound kind of like a nighttime DJ. But it also makes my voice go like that. So I apologize. At some point, my voice will go back to normal. This Joe Burrow comparison. No, not Joe Burrow. Again, Joe Burrow. Can you imagine Chris Holtman and the Joe Burrow drip? Woo, I'd like to see that. He's Andy Dalton. Chris Holtman is going to make five straight NCAA tournaments in his first five years, which is not nothing. And let's say that with the caveat. In year three, two years ago, there was no NCAA tournament. They probably would have been a five seed. And when I'm going to talk about Chris Holtman like this, I'm going to consider them a five seed that year that won its first game and lost its second game because they would have been the worst seeded team in round two. And the way they have played in the tournament, there is no reason to expect that they would have overachieved. Now, I know Chris, I've talked to Chris Holtman about it. Chris Holtman thinks they were a Sweet 16 team that year. That's great. Go be great in the tournament and prove that you can overachieve there, but you've never won more than one game. So in his history, it's win one game, win one game. I'll say in year three, they would have won one game, and last year they lost in the first round. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt on a tournament win. So let's think about that. This is going to be year five in a row, and that's pretty darn good. And let's get Ohio State in a situation where they're missing the tournament for a bunch of years, and then you can say, man, hey, that Chris Holtman era, that's pretty good. Five seed in year one, 11 seed in year two. Would have been a five seed in year three. Two seed last year. It's going to be a six or seven seed this year. Andy Dalton, his first five years with the Bengals, they made the playoffs every year. Andy Dalton was 50-26-1 as a starter. The Bengals made five straight playoffs, 
lost their first playoff game five straight years. It is a tremendous comparison. And then what happened is Andy Dalton started to get worse. The next four years, he was a starting quarterback in Cincinnati for nine years. The next four years as a starter, he's 20 and 35. And they don't get into the playoffs again. So actually, it's like, by the time you got Joe Burrow in there, they were bottoming out. And Andy Dalton was gone. And they were pining for the days when Andy Dalton was winning 10 games for the Bengals. And they were losing in the first round of the playoffs. So the issue is, Chris Holtman is Andy Dalton through five years. Now, if they make an, eight, an Elite Eight run this season, then we won't call him Andy Dalton anymore. If they lose in the first or second round, he's Andy Dalton. That's it. I don't think he has red hair, but he's Andy Dalton. The issue then is Andy Dalton went down starting in year six. Does Chris Holtman go up or does Chris Holtman go down? But that Andy, I think Ohio State. Now, Andy Dalton did not stay Andy Dalton for a decade. I think Ohio State deserves better than an Andy Dalton coach. I don't think that's good enough. And that's why we talked about before. I don't. I was just on a radio show on Monday morning. I asked to see on the hot seat. He's not on the hot seat. Next year has to be great. Next year has to be great. There's no excuse. Because you've got to start trending. You can't trend down or you're in trouble. And if you stay Andy Dalton, then you're asking Gene Smith and Christine M. Johnson and the board of trustees and the donors and the boosters and the fan base, are you acquiescing to that are you happy with that you have to tick up long term this is not good enough and when chris holtman is not like my criticism he understands still at least in the moment this isn't good enough his contention always is it's gonna get better show me better it's not better right now 12 and 8 tied at a three-way tie for fourth in the big 10 this year is not better for the 941 michigan played thursday same as ohio state Right, if, uh, we're talking about Ohio State wearing down. Michigan was without possibly its best or second best player in Dickinson. They're big man. The Buckeyes did not take advantage of that. Michigan wanted to win more and out hustled Ohio State, and Phil Martelli out coached Chris Holtman. Also, Justin Orange clearly has lost his shooting touch and is a liability on defense. The Buckeyes have no de- dependable three point shooters at this point. I don't know how you get away from out coaching in that situation at home on senior day. And it's hard now because, again, and the in, in, Thad Mata made five Sweet Sixteens in thirteen years. He made four in a row. But again, five his first five years he made one. So the 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 Thad Mata to Chris Holtman comparison right now through five years is not terrible for Chris Holtman because and we talked about the, that before. Thad his first year they were banned from the tournament. One to made it. Second year they lost in the second round. Third year Odin Conley to make the title game. Fourth year win the NIT. Miss the tournament win the NIT. Fifth year losing the first round. So that's one great year. There's no great year here for Ohio State, but it's not like Mata was doing it consistently. Then year six, seven, eight, nine, that's four straight Sweet Sixteens. So that is now where we're getting to next year, which is why next next year Chris Holtman has to be great. But I do think he was outcoached. I thought this was a chance for for Chris Holtman to like get them a game, to pull something out of his guys. And it didn't really happen. So I don't, I don't know if things need to change. Here's a question for the 567. Ryan Day made major staff changes after losing to Michigan. Anything like that ahead for Holtman? So Ryan Peden's leaving. He's going to Illinois State. The other guy left a couple years ago to go be the head coach. Holtman said that Jake Diebler's going to be a head coach someday. He's the assistant, John Diebler's brother. Tony Skin's here now. 
Uh, Terry Johnson left for Purdue last year. They've now officially turned over the whole staff since Holtman got her. Peden was the last guy from the original staff. That's turned over. So I actually think this is more of, again, what I think happens with a lot of coaches. Can your second group of guys be as good as your first group? Because your first group of guys, when you get hired at a big-time job, those are your guys. Those are your top-shelf Often they're the guys you bring, and Holtman brought his guys from Butler. But they're the guys that you completely trust, that are they're your first-tier guys. Now you're in the second wave, and can you can your second-wave guys support you as much as the first-wave guys? So I don't know that it's – I don't think it's the same kind of thing because Day, these changes were day, with Day. Some of them were third-wave. It's like Jeff Halfley was first-wave. Kerry Combs was second-wave. Third-wave is Jim Knowles, Right? You know what I mean? So I that I don't think they're there yet. I don't think this is a pound the table staff changes are needed because he's going to have to make a hire anyway. But this hire to replace Ryan Peden is a big hire. And they've got to figure out this defense. They got blitzed on some stuff, man. They went under a bunch of ball screens in the final 15 minutes of that game and gave up some three-pointers. Michigan was setting double screens at the top of the key that Ohio State could not defend. They gave up a late dunk, last gasp, final 90 seconds. They're trying to hang on. They give up a dunk off that look. Guys are not, they're double teaming the, the dribbler and leaving guys roll to the basket. It's like simple pick and roll stuff off a double screen. Like they couldn't defend it. It was really some fundamental breakdowns. I think Landis tweeted, like anyone know the Jim Knowles of college basketball? They do need help there, but they're going to have a chance to do it because Peden's leaving. So this is a big hire for Chris Holtman. But that level of defensive ineptitude late in a game, and I know Kyle Young really matters for that. I know that. But you got, got to play the guys you have on the court, man. So... I don't know. I don't I don't like it and it matters. Like it matters. From the 904, they even a 7 seed now. This is an unbelievable. Second half adjustments looked awful. They looked flat. They looked lost at times. Who do you even blame the players or coaches to me? It's all around. That's from the 904. Um the hard thing is they are caught in between on some of this stuff. That I think right now Liddell and Branham are very good, but they're not Jaden Ivey. They're not lottery picks. I don't think. Brandon might get there, but he's still young. He's not right now. He's not 100% game in, game out. He's there a lot, but he can't carry you. Even the way that D'Angelo Russell carried them as a true freshman. He's not D'Angelo Russell right now. which is D'Angelo Russell was number two pick in the draft. The way Evan Turner evolved and went from Evan Turnover to like a very good player to the national player of the year. The way Mike Conley was ready their guys, their, their guys aren't at that level. So this should be a team that plays really connected. That has, you need to have two pros. They do. We talked about that in the last pod. They do have two pros, but they're not two lottery picks. So if you don't have that, you got to play connected. And I don't know why these guys aren't connected. And Chris Holtman's talked about that on both sides of the ball. That's him. I, there's nowhere else to lay that but him. Because this is a veteran team. They're playing a lot of experienced guys. And you just look like, I was thinking a lot about Lenzel Smith today. You know how good Lenzel Smith would look on this Ohio State team right now as the third guy? Making some threes, playing some really good defense, being long, making the pass that needs to be there. And Lenzel Smith wasn't a perfect player. But like Lenzel Smith, when he played here, was like their fourth guy, was their fifth guy. He'd be the third guy on this team. So um, it's not good enough. And I did a comparison between, because listen, we know, here's the main thing with Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman's peak is not the, as good as a Thad peak yet because Thad in year six, seven, eight, nine embarked on four straight sweet 16s. And we get that. That's the four years of, of Aaron Kraft. 
with Jared Sullinger and the end of David Lighty and John Diebler and William Buford and a lot of Deshaun Thomas. We know those guys. Lenzel Smith. We know all those guys were there. So he's not as good as the peak Thad Mata. But that's okay because I don't think that's necessarily fair to judge him against. He's fairly similar to the beginning of Thad Mata. If you take out the Odin Conley. Chris Holtman in the first five years is kind of like Thad Mata. But Chris Holtman didn't recruit the best big man in the country because they had a previous relationship. I'm not going to hold that against Chris Holtman. But the one thing I will say is the NIT team after Ohio State lost Mike Conley and Greg Oden to the draft. The Jamar Butler, Costa Kufis team, that was not a fun team. That team fought. That team did not particularly like each other. The team the next year when it was young Turner, young Diebler, they made a lot of mistakes. They had young guys who couldn't hit threes. They had young guys who were turning the ball over. And they lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So those two years, Ohio State basketball was not particularly fun. But the year four of Thad Mata, they were coming off something. So they were recovering from losing Odin and Conley. And then Kufis was one year and done. And Jamar Butler was kind of a guy who wanted to be a little more than he was. So they were coming off something and it was a rough year. Then the next year, they revamped. They had all these young guys, the Diebler-Turner class. And they were, Blighty got hurt. And they were building towards something. But they weren't going to get there that year. So like right now, this Ohio State, those two teams weren't that fun. These teams are not that fun, but they're not really coming off anything. They're coming off, they were a two seed, but they lost in the first round. So two seed last year, that is a pretty good regular season. Last year was a pretty good regular season, but they blew it with the way they finished. I'm sorry, but you can't get rid of that Oral Roberts loss. They've done nothing really to get that, out of, that taste out of your mouth. And then this year's like, what are they building towards? Because they're not really building towards something. Because it's like, well, Liddell's going to be gone. And is Branham going to be here? And are Mitchie Johnson and guys like that, the guys who are going to get you over the top, Eugene Brown? No, it's going to be the recruiting class. So there's less of a reason for sort of like the not that fun basketball this year. Because this sort of is what it is. This is a veteran team. This team is what it is. And Branham's development has actually been even better than expected. So for them to be 12 and 8 and not play connected at the end of the year, it's not in service of something else. It just is. So I'm going to recap one more time. I can remember there was the, the time when like Landis left and Tim Bielek was off the beat. And before Steven got in here in uh, 2018, when I was doing some pods by myself and people hated me. Oh my God. That's like the, we got, I was getting one star reviews because I was doing pods by myself. I was getting one star reviews. It still drags down the overall rating of Buckeye Talk. So I know for some people, this is not your favorite podcast. And I apologize, but I have a Price is Right story I will tell. So this year is in service of itself. And next year, the recruits have to change it, but they have to win right away. But I'm going to compare Chris Holtman to the end of Thad Mata. He's pretty close to the beginning. He's not near the peak, but that's okay. But the end of Thad Mata was unacceptable by Gene Smith's standards, by the standards of a lot of people. That's why Thad Mata lost his job. Thad Mata got fired because what they were was not acceptable. And Chris Holtman was supposed to change that. 
So let's compare Chris Holtman to that and find out has it really changed as much as it should have. We'll do that next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice back on Buckeye Talk. I'm going to tell my Price is Right story real quick. So we went to this thing. It's the Price is Right Live. And it's a touring show around the country. You buy a ticket. And then you can register and see if you get picked. They pick people out of the audience to come play the Price is Right games. They play Plinko. They played some other famous games. Uh, they had this guy, Mark Wahlberg. Not the Mark Wahlberg. This Mark Wahlberg made a lot of jokes about the fact that he's not the real Mark Wahlberg. No H in this guy's name. But he's hosted like Temptation Island. He was a host of Antiques Roadshow for a long time. He was the host. He did a good job. It was a fun night. But they played Cliffhanger. And Cliffhanger is one of the nightmare things from my childhood. So I am a Generation X guy. And I'm wondering if other people have this. The two things from my childhood, my idyllic, soft childhood, that scared me the most. One was the Christmas special with Frosty the Snowman, the cartoon, where Frosty the Snowman melts in the greenhouse. And I would bury my head in my mother's lap when Rusty, when Rusty, when Frosty was melting, that was, that like ruined Christmas for me. It's like, don't let Doug watch Frosty melt. The other one was you're homesick, as we all know, you're homesick, you're watching The Price is Right. And they play the cliffhanger and you're guessing the price of things and the cliffhangers going up the mountain. That like haunting yodeling. And if you miss the price too far of these three products, the cliffhanger falls off the edge. I lived in absolute fear of cliffhanger falls to his death. Because as my daughter noted, we were watching replays of it on the way home last night. The lady did not lose cliffhanger. We saw someone win a trip to Vegas. We saw someone win a trip to Hawaii. People were winning stuff all over the place. The cliffhanger did not fall off, but it is traumatic. So if you were traumatized by the cliffhanger, falling off on The Price is Right, I feel your pain. And thankfully, I was not traumatized by it in Dayton on Sunday night because the woman did a great job guessing the thing. We did not get called up. We were hoping to win a fridge. My wife hates our fridge. Didn't win a fridge. What are you going to do? We still had a good time. All right. Comparing Chris Holtman to the end uh, of Thad Mata. And I have my research and it fell on the ground. Thad Mata, his last three years. And for this, I did Big Ten record because the non-conference record depends too much. Holtman has scheduled a little tougher than Thad did. So it's not fair to compare to overall record. And I do think sometimes coaches will say it. Sometimes we put too much on NCAA tournament results. Chris Holtman's whole resume is not losing to Oral Roberts. But let's look at this. Thad Mata. Last three years in the Big Ten, 11 and 7, 11 and 7, and then 7 and 11. Fell off the last year for sure. Didn't, didn't go to any kind of postseason tournament. 29 and 25 in Big Ten play those three years. So that's unacceptable, right? 11 and 7, 11 and 7, 7 and 11 is unacceptable. Chris Holtman, his last three years, this is why I think this is fair. His first year, he inherited Kata Bates D up and Jay Sean Tate. They went 15 and 3 in the Big Ten. Holtman admits that was kind of a down Big Ten. They caught lightning in the bottle a little bit. Thad left him two really good players. Kata Bates D up is a Big Ten player of the year. Jay Sean Tate's an NBA player. That's what Chris Holtman inherited. We can act like, oh, oh Thad left the bear covered. It didn't show up in year one. It did show up in year two. They went eight and 12 in year two. And that's when the exploding recruiting class, the Mickey Mitchell, um, AJ Harris exploding recruiting class really caught up with Ohio State, eight and 12. So I think you throw out the 15 and three. 
Because that was a little better than expected for Holtman. That's not really indicative of Holtman necessarily. Although he did a good job. Did a good job. They got those guys to 15, uh, 15 and 3 in the Big Ten. And then you throw out 8 and 12 because they were really lacking that year. So let's go last three years then. Last three years, Ohio State, 11 and 9, 12 and 8, 12 and 8. So they played more Big Ten games, games than they used to. So Thad Mata was 29 and 25. Chris Holtman's 35 and 25. In that time period, Ohio State had the seventh best overall Big Ten record. Wisconsin was first, Purdue second, tied with Maryland for second, Michigan State fourth, Iowa fifth, Indiana sixth, Ohio State seventh. 537 winning percentage. Unacceptable. Not good enough, right? Chris Holtman, in the last three years, Ohio State has the sixth best winning percentage. Illinois first, Wisconsin second, Iowa third, Michigan fourth, um, Purdue fifth. 583 winning percentage. So 537 to 583, 29 and 25 to 35 and 25. That's what got Thad Mata fired. And Chris Holtman is a little better than that. So is that good enough? So it's not fair to compare Chris Holtman to Thad's peak, but I think it's fair to compare him to Thad's ending that got him fired. And Chris Holtman's a little better and has never won more than one game in the NCAA tournament in five years? Is that what we were expecting? Is that what you as an Ohio State fan was expecting when Chris Holtman got hired? I was thinking they'd be a little better than that. So that's where I think it's fair. That's where I think it's fair. Let's take another comment on the players. From the 614, injuries aside, it's disappointing that the two-star players, E.J. Liddell and Malachi Branham, turned in mediocre performances against Michigan. Yes, their stat lines weren't awful, but against this Michigan team, missing Hunter Dickinson... You would have expected one or both to step up and turn in a dominant performance. Neither did. Instead, Devontae Jones, a transfer from Coastal Carolina, who came in averaging 10 points a game, and some guy named Terrence Williams, who came in averaging four, were the stars for Michigan. So I I think some of that is true, that their best players are not All-Americans. They're all Big Ten guys, but they're not All-Americans. And that is a little bit of a step below. But I do put most of this on Chris Holtman. And Chris Holtman needs to be better next year. Is he on the hook right now? Boy, if they go out and lose to Penn State or Minnesota, that's going to be an awful ending. Like if they if they lose their first game in the Big Ten tournament and their first game in the NCAA tournament, he's not going to get fired. But it's okay. I would freak out. I will freak out about that. You should freak out too. If they win their first game in the Big Ten tournament, then lose to Purdue, and then win win their first game in the NCAA tournament as a six or seven seed and then lose in the second round. Now we're Andy Dalton and now we're status quo and the status quo is not good enough. So they have to be better next year. So Chris Holtman's not going anywhere right now, but absolutely. If they don't get it done next year, if they have the exact same year next year that they had this year with the recruiting class they have coming in, I would make a change because, and, and almost like not a firing. I would encourage Chris Holtman to look elsewhere because now you're in year six of Andy Dalton and Ohio State basketball is better than Andy Dalton. And I don't I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. Would the Pittsburgh Steelers tolerate Andy Dalton for six years? Like it was good in Cincinnati because Cincinnati had been awful. Ohio State had not been awful. They had a down end of Fad Mata era. Lost in the first round of the NCAA, then made the NIT, then had a losing record and made nothing. All right, they were going the wrong way. They're not the Bengals, man. So their head coach can't be Andy Dalton. All right. Sorry, that's all I had for you today. 
uh, we're going to come back Tuesday. Listen, Tuesday morning, we're getting to watch practice, and we're going to talk to some people about spring football. We're going to come back. We're going to break down spring football. We're going to get some more stuff loaded up for you guys the rest of this week. Again, football is here, and uh, we're going to hold the basketball program. We're going to be on them. We're going to hold them to account and see what happens in Indianapolis this week. Again, not the end of the world either way. But this sure as heck would be a nice time for Ohio State basketball to get to the Sweet 16. Try the text at 614-350-3315. If you care about this draft stuff, we're doing a lot of draft talk on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's Brown-centered, of course, but there's some NFL stuff there if you guys want to dive in. And, of course, if you haven't tried it or if you have and you haven't listened in a while, really would invite you to try the College Football Survivor Show. My co-host, Shahan J. Haraja, is really good, really smart about national college football. And I'm me. So we talk about good or bad. We talk about National College Football. That's an Apple Podcast show every Tuesday. You got to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for that. It's $2.99 a month to get four shows for that, less than a buck an episode. And then a free show on Wednesday. So wherever you subscribe to Buckeye Talk, you can subscribe to the College Football Survivor Show. And because I'm by myself and nobody can stop me from doing it, I will put in one more plug for my book, The Road to Ohio State, Twists and Turns Along the Tribulations. I don't even know what the last part is. It's kind of long. The Road to Ohio State is the main part. You can still order it on Amazon. I saw it was in a bookstore. I was in Barnes & Noble the other day. It was there. Uh, and you can order it from me on um, on Tinder. Is it on Tinder? No, Venmo. <laughs> what are you doing on Tinder? Uh, I don't know. This college football writer told me to order his book on here. But uh, I don't think that's what this is for. Venmo. It's Doug Road to Ohio State. Send me 25 bucks. Where you want me to send it, the address, and how you want me to inscribe it. I'll inscribe it any way you want me to, and I'll get that out to you. Again, the road to Ohio State. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty fun. Good for Ohio State fans. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening to the Solo Pod. Nathan and I back on Tuesday. It'll be Tuesday afternoon because we're going to let the spring football stuff happen first and then bring you that information hot and fresh. So Buckeye Talk Tuesday afternoon. For now, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>